Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to my podcast, But First Pivot. I'm Danny, registered dietitian, certified sports dietitian, and CEO of Pivot Nutrition Coaching. I'm here to share my all foods fit approach and real life client success stories to inspire you to pivot away from all the fad diet nonsense and confusion. My goal is to simplify nutrition so you can enjoy foods you love like donuts and pizza and still achieve your health, performance, and body composition goals. Hey, hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. So excited for today's episode. I have one of my superstar clients here with us, Jody. Jody, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Danny. Now, Jody, I know you do so many amazing things. You're like a CEO boss woman in the Minneapolis area, but I think it's best if you introduce yourself and give us a little background, um, just because I feel like you do so many badass things. So can oh, you please sweet. tell people about <laughs> it a little bit? Yeah, sure. You're you're funny. I um, probably the easiest way to synthesize it is after um, nearly a decade and a half of running a venture capital firm and raising a family, uh, I pivoted, um, pun intended, into doing um, solely board work and advisory work. So I currently serve on 10 boards. Five of those are venture-backed private boards that have a level of intensity and pace to them. Three of those are nonprofit boards that also equally, despite being nonprofit, have um, pace to them, an investment advisory uh, board, uh, and then a couple of others as well. Um, So I spend my life in some ways, ironically, doing what you do for clients as it relates to their health and their food, I do with CEOs in bringing them to be their best as CEOs and to help their companies achieve their fullest potential as well. That's awesome. Sounds like an important job. It's fun. I don't, you know, everybody's got a lot of important jobs, as you know, I think the importance is just in the context of what you bring to it and what you, what your intention is, the why behind your what. Um, so it's important to me to have that sense of impact. And this is where God has graced me with my unique capabilities, just like others have their unique capabilities and bringing their own sense of purpose to being is equally as important. And the most important job though, you are a mom. I, you don't I have am. young kids, but they're... I, yeah, I don't. They're 20, well, soon to be 23 and soon to be 20. And, you know, that's also part of this arc of what led me to you is that, uh, you know, I think there's, in, as your sweet Chloe is testament to, there are all these stages about kind of the life transitions we go through, right? Um, we go through puberty and the first period and we have babies and uh, for nine months where everybody's attention and then they're born. And then we hit the stage of life where we go through menopause and it's somewhat written about. And I know you have a whole line and pivot that is beginning to emerge around that stage of life. And I couldn't be more supportive of her and advocate of it because it's such an interesting life transition. And, you know, after these 18 years of raising them and they get their cars and they go to life the to school or they move on with life you find yourself in that sense of transition around what that role looks like and then what that requires from you and that shift that pivot to having two adulting near adult children was part of the arc of the journey of what led me to you yeah and let's let's transition over to that perfect transition because um my first question is What motivated you to reach out for nutrition coaching six-ish months ago? And I still remember 
I was in my car driving back from Bismarck, North Dakota. I was running a hockey camp there with the Lambert twins and I randomly get a phone call and it's you and you had my number because I was working with Max, your son, who is a college mm-hmm. athlete. And I was like, oh, I guess Jody wants to talk about Max. Nope. You wanted to talk about you. And it was an intense conversation. I think I lost service because I was in the middle of nowhere for a minute. But um, do you want to talk about, you know, I- what happened? Like, How did I end up getting a phone call from you when I was driving in the middle of nowhere? Yeah, I'll work backwards from that phone call because I had had a fantastic breakfast that morning with one of my mentees who'd recently had a baby and she, I'm a baby freak. And so she brought her baby to um, breakfast and she took a picture and later in that um, morning then, just as she was leaving, she sent the picture to me with this beautiful text about just how much she was grateful and the impact and all these really amazing, sweet things. And I, you know, clicked on the picture and that was my moment. That was the, the straw. That was the feather that kind of brought the house down, um, in reaching out to you. And it was only because of my son, Max, and observing the impact that you had on him, clearly different as a division one athlete who was needing to gain weight. Um, but I'd also been referred to you by my um, personal trainer and physical therapist, um, Dr. Molly King out of Inspired Athletics, but I wasn't ready to receive that information. And so it was just at that point when I saw the picture and my first reaction was, who is that? And then my second reaction was, in my intensity, a bit of a hell no. But once that got broken down, it was at such a level of brokenness, of desperation that was in a, I was so low and seeing that picture that I needed help. And it wasn't texting you. It wasn't emailing you with some professionally worded, um, you know, hey, would you? It was literally that like, I've got her text. I've got her number. I'm just going to call because I have to right now ask for help. Like I can't, I can't be who this is looking like. And I need help right now. Like, and if not her, then I need her to tell me who I need to go to because this isn't working. Mm -hmm. What would you say was the main feeling when you were calling? Would you say you felt stuck or is there a better word to describe? I think I used with you even in the beginning, and this is an interesting one that, um, you know, is now in that sense of vulnerability and wanting other um, people to hear this and particularly women at a, the stage of life. Um, the real honest one, the real vulnerable one is that I had such intense self-loathing. You know, I'm, I have been an athlete all my life. I've run four marathons, over 30 halves, tough mutters. I had, you know, had that inspiration and desire to be an under four hour marathon achiever. And, I had raised these two children that had played, you know, division one and division three athletics. Um, I'd done fun things like tough mutters. I've always had that sense, but then somewhere along the way, I stopped running Work became all consuming workouts had kind of dwindled into these two times per week. COVID was just an onslaught for everybody. We had a two year period of intense onslaught of serious immediate family illnesses across everyone um, in my immediate family. My children had transitioned to college. It was just this slow fade. And I was frustrated with my weight. My trainer you know, had been doing her best. I'd gone to numerous doctors. I had had umpteen tests. I was taking a ridiculous amount of supplements. And I felt like I had almost convinced myself that I'd tried everything. And at some level, it was this like, um, I was getting the advice of, well, you know, this is what 
post 50 or this is what post menopause or, and I even had a physician at one point kind of tell me that I needed to come to a sense of acceptance. And so at some level, I was just at such a point of self-loathing that I had become something that I didn't even like or respect. Yeah. And so I was stuck in that I felt like I was doing everything that I needed to do. Now, six months later, whoa, do I realize how untrue that was. But the moral behind that is that it's the stories we tell ourselves and it's the stories that we allow other people to tell us. And without an objective measure or an objective person to have as a benchmark against, you 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 allow those stories to become true and those have really significant unintended consequences. So I was I was stuck. I look back now and I know that's something we'll touch on, but I realize how broken I was. And that self-loathing was just so significant that I just knew I was at a really unhealthy spot. I remember you sending me so many test results. You mentioned, you know, seeing all these doctors and doing tests. And I remember getting multiple emails because all the tests were PDFs and they didn't all fit in one email. So it's like email one, two, and three. And I was overwhelmed with all these results. And in my head, I was thinking, it's not this complicated we just need to be consistent with, you know, a few basic things that are going to lead to results. So I feel like I skimmed through these tests and I was like, I don't really need to dive deep into these right now because a few foundational things and some, you know, relentless consistency goes a long way. And usually that solves a lot of problems, which we'll get to. Um, but what would you say? So obviously you were to, you know, in a self-loathing mindset, you were stuck. What were your top goals in reaching out? Of course, it was to look and feel better. But can you briefly explain what you were trying to achieve in working with myself? You you just nailed it. I mean, the other way that I would word it is to get control. I, I felt so out of control in the sense that I was seeking answers and the more answers I sought, the more complicated it got and the more out of control I felt to actually affect what I knew I wanted to change, but I didn't even know where to begin. And yet I was seeing a doctor, I was seeing a personal trainer, I was engaging with girlfriends, I was reading on my own, but I didn't I didn't even think that like real weight loss was realistic. I I gotten convinced that it was just I had to get to this acceptance and I I didn't know where to begin. And I was probably, I could observe what Max was doing and seeing how simple it was. Now, again, different for a division one athlete who was weight gaining to get to college level um, readiness. But I was also watching him engage with you. And there was something so drawing in something so attracting to a sense of someone who could make sense and could lead me in a way that I was seeking to want to be led in a way that I just felt so out of control. And I made you take progress photos, <sighs> which girl, that nobody, is <sighs> nobody likes the first progress photos. Did you, was this an emotional moment for you? Oh my goodness. Well, you, you know, the arc of that story because there's also this point where you get to, and I've done enough work, as I mentioned, like my life and in, in, in other work, where you hear of people hitting a certain bottom where their willingness to accept where they are, they will do things that they would never heretofore do. So 
when you join Pivot, obviously, clearly you step on the scale and I probably haven't stepped on the scale in two years. And so, and your intake has a whole series of steps to process. And I had already committed to the program before I got to the one that was in a, I need your front two sides and a back picture. And I thought, well, that must mean for other people who want to opt into that. And you, and you're just sweet, very consistent. I was actually still kind of not intimidated by you, but I wanted I wanted to be such a good steward that I would do what you told me. So you let me kind of do my first two weeks, but then it was, I want these photos by this date. And I knew there wasn't anything to say except for just, just hang up and go take them. And I had convinced myself that I could take them, upload them into pivot and delete them and delete them and delete them off my phone. So I didn't have ever have to look at them. And that's what I did. I honestly, it was one of a, I'm just going to do this like an ice bath. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And just do it and be done with it, having done what she said I had to do. But I almost wasn't even in the moment. I wasn't willing to even look at it, accept it. I just did what you said I had to do because you said that's what I needed to do. And I just went on. Yeah. And for the people listening, this is not something that we force people to do. We will coach (laughs) you if you don't take your photos. But I will say that you will want them later. It's very, very hard mentally to take those first photos. Many of our clients cry when they see them, when they take them. But six, nine, 12 months down the road, you are going to thank your coach or thank me for challenging you to take the photos because you just sent me your six month photos Mm -hmm. two days ago. And Seeing that side by side, I just got chills. Mm -hmm. Seeing that side by side makes you just so content and just like, oh, thank God I took those first ones because this is epic. And that, that is true. It is, it was, um, there were two moments of that. One was, uh, we were at, it wasn't the 90 day mark, but we were in enough that you're right where in behavior change, if you don't have an acceptance of where you've been, not wallowing in it, but not at least acknowledging it, then the ability to truly move forward in a way that allows you to say that's something that I don't ever want to go back to, you, 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 your mind, our, our, our brain will allow us to have the space that it really wasn't what I thought it was. And this forces you to take a sense of accountability that's the accountability track. The other side to it is that it also has, so I remember sending you one of the, like maybe it was the six week update. And I thought I was just doing my job again, doing my accountability and sending it in. And you sent back with a like, serious, like the bomb, like this is insane, like craziness. Oh my goodness. And it forced me because I didn't have them. Remember I deleted them. You sent me a side by side. And even I was in a remember telling you all along, I'm not sure. And that's probably a theme on all this. I'm not sure what post 50 is supposed to look like. I'm not sure what this is supposed to be at this stage. And so to have that as a compare and contrast now, even the six months later is even more both affirming. It's also, and I've shared with you that again, and that vulnerable with your listeners and others, that that ability to also understand there's a saying about, you don't know how good you feel or how bad you were feeling until you start feeling good again. And I didn't know where I was. So those pictures are also now a reminder for me in a sense I was sharing with my husband who I of course did not share the pictures with, but last night at dinner that 
it really was for me an opportunity to see how lost I had become, how much I had let myself go in a way that I never thought I would or could. Um, but I'll, I'll talk to you about that later too. You look 10 years younger in just six months. And unfortunately, listeners, we will not be publicly sharing these photos, <laughs> but just picture an epic six month transformation <laughs> of a woman, woman in her fifties. It is, yeah. it is awesome. Um, speaking of the 90 day mark, I'm still laughing oh. at your self rating of your relationship with food. When people sign up for Pivot, we send them a form and we ask them, how would you rate your relationship with food on a scale of one to 10? And you said seven. And <laughs> I did not know you. We haven't really had a full on conversation yet about your mindset besides you calling me while I'm on a road trip and you're like, I need help blah, blah, blah. All these things are wrong. Nothing works. I did not know what your mindset was like. So when you rated yourself a seven out of 10, I believed you. I have no reason not to believe that it's a seven out of 10. And when you refilled out the form at the 90 day assessment, I, I always go back to the initial to compare. And I laughed because I asked you on our 90 day assessment call, was it really a seven on day one? Yeah. And I was like, no, it was clearly a two. What was I smoking? But I think again, herein lies a trust the process part of pivot that you have to see through in that I was at such a point of just answer the questions and do what they say. And so I genuinely believed I was at a seven. I genuinely believe that it was something else. And I still get asked when people will ask about the process over the last six months, people will frequently say, so are they having you eat at a certain time? Are they having you, oh, you can't even eat sugar now, I suppose, right? How are you going to get through the holidays? Or, oh, you probably have not had another glass of wine or a piece of chocolate. Or I'm like, no, actually, Danny forced me to eat pasta for my birthday as celebration. So I talk about how that's, it's not that, but you also are so about sustaining change that it comes into that nothing measured, nothing tracked, nothing changed. And so if you don't have that benchmark, like I said, I didn't know how lost I was and how much of myself I had lost a sense of until I had a measure and a tracking by which to say, oh, now I know to compare, right? I didn't know how many calories a day I was eating. I didn't know that I wasn't eating enough protein. I didn't know that in essence, I had an alchemy or a concoction of foods that weren't really actually what was what my body needed. And that once we found that right rubric, um, once we allowed for the occasional, but really actually started to emphasize the importance, protein first, as my t-shirt probably says, um, then it started to make sense and my body started to respond. But at that 90-day mark, not only was it the seven and two dichotomy that you and I had, you also know I was so ridiculously emotional and frustrated. I mean, I hate to admit it, but looking back, I had this sense of like, the quick fix. I'll go to the dietitian. She'll tell me what to eat. She'll tell me what time to eat. I'll follow the rules and automatically it will just melt away. And there you go. And instead it was, I mean, you really at that 90 day mark had to kind of gear down with me on the more kind of psychological level about understanding why I was doing what I was doing, that it wasn't working for me and that I needed to give myself some grace that you know, call it two to five years worth of 
slow fade wasn't going to be solved in some magical automagic 90 day, you know, buy buy now program on QVC. It was going to be a you needed to work the program to change the way you think, to change your habits. And yet that became so freeing. So the 90 day mark was this kind of like push through, um, you know, like mile 20 on the marathon where you're like, I've hit the twenties. I want to be able to be done, but you've got six more miles to run. I had to get through that 90 day piece to really um, internalize the lessons and really see that that was something that was going to be fruitful and and come through. I want to skip ahead um, to a question and we'll come back to your accomplishments because we're, we're in the midst of talking about it. Would you say that trusting the process was the biggest challenge for you? And if not, what was it? Yeah, it a hundred percent. In fact, I, it is, it, I would say trusting the process because of those internal battles, right? It was the stories that I told myself that when you, um, in the midst of the sphere listeners, I also had a unexpected knee injury. And so we had just started the process and bam, I was having surgery with six weeks of recovery. And of course I was like, well then, you know, gosh, I'm going to need to go on super restricted calories to even accomplish anything. And when you were this mind bending Jedi of, well, no, actually we're going to need to increase them because your body's going to want to draw energy in order to recover. Well, I was just like, what you're killing me smalls like what are you talking about and how is this going to make any sense you were trying to convince me to give you less calories yeah right and i and so it was again that i came to you as the expert i needed to trust you as the expert to get me through it and that part was you know coming through but you also know my other favorite word that you and i are going to laugh over and some of your listeners may be going through it as well the plateaus, as I like to call them. Oh my gosh. You're the queen of plateaus. It was, and it was excruciating because it took me time to trust you that even though you didn't know me, you knew my body and that what my body was telling you was that I wasn't going to be this linear, like beautiful graph, like slow and to the, to the slanting on weight loss. It was going to be this clunky, like stair step and that the I would lose and then it would stay there and then I would lose. And that's the part where the trust, the process really came through was to have truly faith in you that this was going to come out the other side. So every time you would say to me, I'm not concerned, I'm not concerned. I would just have to choose to listen to you and not listen to what my head was telling me because I could convince myself that my head and my self-talk had told me stuff that was wrong for the better part of three years and that I now needed some new thinking. And Dr. Phil always had this comment about that's some stinking thinking. And so I always had to just <laughs> decide that I was going to listen to you and what you were telling me and trust you that if you weren't concerned, then I shouldn't be concerned. Your head was saying, this isn't working. Correct. And I kept saying, I'm not worried. Just right. keep going. Just yep. keep going. Yep. I I still have because you were one of my last clients for I the baby. I actually just found the whiteboard where I drew that graph of like, this is what you think it's going to look like this beautiful downward line. And it's going to be a messy downhill staircase roller coaster. And that's exactly what it was, but that's the reality of fat loss. It is not linear. And when you hit those plateaus, that's where it's so helpful to have someone there to do the thinking for you rather than when you diet alone, you get a plateau and you have to figure out what to do. Whereas we do the thinking for our clients and it relieves so much yeah. mental stress. 
And then one of the things that I will, that I know is part of your, um, as you transition to takeaways, one of the other pieces that was a challenge that became a takeaway, I came to you as a dietitian, um, thinking that I was going to get what I, you know, society tells you are dietitians. But one of the other pieces that was the challenge is that you also weren't just having a sense of accountability about what went in my mouth, but it was also about what I was doing with my body and what my body was doing within the food. So we talked about the surgery piece, but then it was also this challenge of, well, let's get movement up, right? And it's awesome to think about the 10,000 steps or um, as you worked with me, it was, you know, like 600 calories a day if you're going to do weightlifting. Um, and that was one that I... I didn't expect to be challenged by the dietitian to be making movement. I thought it was going to be this restrictive calorie component. And what ended up happening is there were periods of time where it was not only the challenge to now start lifting weights. If you had told me six months ago that I would be lifting weights four days a week, and by that I mean heavy weights with challenges or to have my pull-up challenge by Christmas with you, things that weren't just about the food I was eating, but how I was also burning and using the food, that has also been one of the most awesome parts of the takeaways because it gave also a balanced sense of purpose that the food isn't just the food. It's also about what you're then doing with it and how you're using your body, not only for how I think, sleep, because I will also call you out on the humor that you had where there was a period of intervention where you're like, okay, let me get this right. You're sleeping better you're fitting in your clothes better. People are noticing you have more energy. You're lifting more weights. Your recovery is better. Your sleep is better. There's like 15 measures, but the scale hasn't moved in two weeks. And you're telling me that like, what are you complaining about? Like we got, we got like, what's the problem here? Yeah. We got 14 out of 15 things that are going awesome. And the one thing that is this silly little measure that comes on when you stand on something, like let's, widen our aperture here and see the big picture. And that was so freeing to start to see that there were other goals beyond just what the scale said that were starting to be important. I think you were on the verge of just throwing it out because once I listed those 14 things, you're just like, what? why am I even upset about this when everything else has improved? Yeah. Now, is there a line or a favorite quote something that really sticks with you maybe through hard times or a lot of my clients say I'm like the little person on their shoulder, like whispering something. Is there one specific thing? You are in my head all the time. And I think there's, you know, the pieces still, even six months later, there are things about the benefit of the protein first. So that first and foremost about where you're planning movement. I've talked about um, intentional choices and words matter. I think those two go together. You just had an Instagram um, where you were talking about fettuccine Alfredo and uh, or Alfredo sauce. And I had to learn with you, in fact, you corrected me a couple of times that there wasn't a good or a bad, it's a choice. And it's about how you make the choice in the context of all the bigger choices and all the little choices that we've made. And so the use of tracking as an awareness tool versus becoming this kind of crutch And then the words matter. I think in those first 90 days, it was that combination of your consistency and you're pushing me for consistency in movement, in choices, in protein, and in that prioritization and planning that just made all the difference in kind of setting that foundation then for the second 90 days, which was really around um, Sam's. And Sam's was more about kind of 
you had me in this <laughs> volatile, mercurial, early onboarding. Sam had me in this kind of, as the consistency was um, coming through, that was about grace. And both of you say the, we don't fix what isn't broke. So if it's working, let's keep working it. Um, and let's keep doing those next steps. But the consistency was the main thing far and above with you over and over and over again. Habit building consistency, not that this is some short-term program, but this is about building habits. If you're listening and wondering why Sam is in this conversation, yeah. it's because I had a baby, you guys. <laughs> so Jody and I are in the middle of this journey together. And I told her when she called me that, day six months ago. I'm like, listen, you got three, three and a half months at most. This baby's coming. We can work together, but this baby's coming. And at that point, either you graduate from the program, which is probably not going to happen because we're not going to 90 days, as you know, goes by so fast. It's not enough time for a lifelong sustainable transformation. We can accomplish a lot of mindset work, habit work in 90 days, but it's not the finish line. We right. we have not finished the race yet. Race right. yet. So um, yeah. we were together until the moment that I was like, you know what? I think it was maybe even ten days out. We were supposed to have a last call. I was like, I have such pregnancy brain right now. We cannot have another call together for your sake. I can't even do math right now. I cannot calculate your macros. This is not good for me. So it we was- had a a slightly <laughs> earlier transition than planned. It was all good because my big thing was don't, you know, don't uh, the ability to stay in it until it becomes the habit was one of the big pieces. And I knew we were on the verge of the kind of what's possible. And that was the exciting piece. So um, that said, for the other listeners, it's one, you know, in pivot and pivot. And so that ability for the consistency and the continuity wasn't dependent just on Danny but that transition to Sam as a client experiencing it was also extraordinarily flawless, seamless. It was it was consistent um, in theme. That isn't that you two aren't individuals and have fit, um, but it was um, it didn't have an effect on me that wasn't anything other than positive. And your husband is now starting. To, I'm starting to get his head now too. <laughs> oh, it's so funny as I'm describing again that same six months or talking about doing this. Um, the impact on the whole family. Our son Jackson um, was a client um, for a 90 day period. Our son Max has been, um, and Britt definitely has. Um, in, for, in fact, requiring that when I took a picture of my meal last night to upload, um, he wanted me to also include his meal in it now too, just so you could have the benefit of seeing the choices at the table. So yeah. Yes, a full Hubler family at this point. Yeah, he wants he wants Danny the RD to approve his pizza. And Correct. I said, that looks great because <laughs> all foods fit. What would you say you are most proud of accomplishing? Mm. Because many people come to pivot for fat loss, but at the six month mark, typically people say it's beyond that. Yeah, it's I in fact, I told you, you know, I had had this number in my head. Um, in fact, the humor was that I would have to smile at one of the body postings. Um, when I got to a number that I was um, felt good about. And, um, and when I hit that, I didn't even text you right away that first day, it was the next day that I text you. And I'll get emotional about it, too. Because um had I hit that within the 90 days, it would have been this accomplishment. Hitting it 
later meant that I had to do some really hard things to get to it. And I think that's the piece of one of the things that I'm um, proud about is, first of all, is actually just calling you. So doing something about how I felt was one of the things like picking up the phone and actually calling to say, I need some help. Um, Trusting you when it got hard is another thing. It wasn't, it wasn't, it was a choice to push through and trust new behaviors and new ways of thinking um, and letting some things go. And then I think one of the things has been advocating for myself and, you know, for your listeners, there's this wonderful visual that I gave Danny when I went to go visit family in rural Iowa. And we just, you know, have adopted some new eating habits and I wasn't finding what I needed while visiting um, in their home, which was okay. But it meant that I didn't want to draw attention to myself. So I left and went to a local convenience and grocery store and got some cottage cheese and ate cottage cheese in the parking lot of a grocery (laughs) store, sneaking away from my family to go get protein. And uh, that just is humorous. It's just, it's the funniest thing ever. It's like, you know, when you're younger, you sneak out to get alcohol and you're sneaking out Uh, to get protein. You're eating cottage cheese secretly in your car. I'm like, if the teenage Jody could see the 53 year old Jody, <laughs> wouldn't this be something funny that oh, you're I'm sitting crying. outside? It's so funny. Yeah, sitting I wish you would have took a store. selfie. Yeah, eating it was, cottage cheese in the car. Yes, and sneaking away from your family to go do it. So I think one of the pieces that <laughs> what became something I'm proud of is that that advocating for my sense of self rather than, you know, not wanting to be that person um, and not wanting to draw attention was a way to be able to also just say, no, this is actually what self-care and self-advocacy looks like for me right now. And this is what I need to go do. So calling you, sticking with it, trusting you and um, starting to actually put those behaviors into like consistent action. Um, that's, that's what I'm proud of. And it's had then the ancillary benefits of, significant change in my weight and in my mood and in my, the way I show up. Um, but I'm really proud about the stuff that happened on the inside. Me too. It's so we've, I feel like we've had a lot of tough conversations, but also so many happy, happy to your conversations. Like the yeah. cottage cheese thing. I was just cracking up all day <laughs> thinking about, it. I was like, I still like just picturing you, at 53 years old, sneaking out to get cottage cheese. I can't even handle it. And it's, it's the best Mm -hmm. thing ever. It should go Mm -hmm. on like a bumper sticker or something. (laughs) Um, How would you describe how you feel today versus six months ago? Yeah, it's, and this is again, where I'll start to get um, emotional because on the one hand, I feel amazing and awesome and at a sense of balance and control and presence and internal kind of calm and peace. And it's permeated into so many other things. And it's been tested in additional health crises and other things in the last six months, and particularly in the last even six weeks that have really called into, are these really habits? Um, And when tested, do you go back to the old? And they haven't, but more than anything, um, I just look back at that six months and that sense of that old self and how 
lost I was. And what's interesting is I was supposed to be at this pinnacle. I mean, six weeks before I called you, I was on stage in a boss jacket, um, receiving a kind of career lifetime achievement. I was giving a keynote in front of 500 people receiving this pinnacle award. And on the inside, I was full of self-loathing and that dichotomy of feeling like you've lost the sense of who you are and, and, and how bad that felt. I didn't know how bad it felt until it still, I started feeling good. And I wish that for others. I wish for others that that ability to be in pivot, to be able to come through that six months and that journey, not just on relationship with food, but how it permeates everything else was, um, I just didn't know how lost I was until I started finding myself again. And that's something I am so, so indebted to you and Sam for. Oh, I got chills again when it's people finding themselves again, because there are points in life. I think, you know, the, the phase that I'm in just newborn phase, new motherhood, it's easy to get lost. And this is where I'm going to get emotional. And, you know, I feel like when you get into that menopause transition, it's another time in life where you feel lost and hopeless and alone and stuck. And sometimes you just don't know how to get out. And I'm so, I'm so happy that you called that day. I am too. Um, I am, I am beyond grateful. And when I, and it is that, you know, there are these supposed hyperboles or, you know, also that pieces, but it really has truly, unlike anything else, changed the trajectory of my health and my life in a way that was more than just, I need to call the dietitian to fix this one thing that has once embraced and let go and really opened myself up to the fullness of it has impacted so much more inside of me and my mind, my habits, the way I think. And then because that's that one person in the impact and the impact to my family, to then friends, to then the way I lead um, is also impacted. So it's not just one thing. Just wait until next time you go up on that stage for the next yeah. award. Boom. Yes, I know it's coming. <laughs> the new outfit. Yes. What advice would you give someone who maybe feels the way you did six months ago? I think it's just what you said that even though you're feeling alone um, to ask for help, I mean, that ability to be able to reach out um, and that, um, you know, there's, there is that sense of when you feel that way to acknowledge that that's not a normal way to feel like that the feeling itself becomes so normal that you're like, this is just the way it is. That's not, you know, in essence, the hopelessness and if you can have that one small stillness of a, I know I'm not supposed to feel this way and ask for help. That's the first step. Just ask for the help. Just get started. It It, it is what it is. It doesn't have to be like that. That's right. my, my brother's right. favorite quote. He's not great at giving advice. Yeah. And when I went through a breakup in college, I was devastated. And his pep talk to me was, it is what it is. And I have a little, just to remember this being his guidance advice, I have a little sign in my my (laughs) office that says it is what it is. But when it comes to you and your health and how you feel, it doesn't have to be. Correct. 
Correct. And I think that's the piece that that ability to challenge the narratives. I mean, if you turn some of that feeling and some of that stinking thinking, like we talked about, you know, culture mic drop of a Phil, um, Dr. Phil, but also just to be able to challenge those narratives about why, right? I mean, but but why? I I don't need to be at at 25 to 30 pounds more than what I should. I don't need to have this sense of self-loathing. I don't need to be thinking the way that I'm thinking. And I, and no postmenopause doesn't mean that I shouldn't be lifting heavy weights or be able to do a pull-up or, or, or there's just those, or to know what food my body needs in order to function at its best. And I can go seek somebody to help me find out what's best for me. And that, that beginning of just asking for help was the biggest piece. Definitely. Asking for help is my new favorite thing as a (laughs) mom. The baby's at the neighbors right now and asking for help is honestly, it's for everybody. And yeah. there is no shame in asking for help. Any final thoughts, comments, mm. something you want to leave our listeners with? I I am so proud of you. We've, we've had tough moments together. Yep. We have great moments together. Yep. Uh, and I am, every time you sent me a text, it'd be this long paragraph. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, what is this going to be? Is this going to be a good text, a bad text? Am I going to have to talk you off a ledge? But lately it's just been, you know, you being so grateful. And Sam and I always say, you know, you know, when, when we read your message recently, this is why we do what we do. It's, it's not easy to be a dietitian coach in fat loss because fat loss has, it's an emotional roller coaster. But when we have, stories like yours where we help you find yourself again it makes it all worth it so i would love for you to give our listeners just one last comment or a thought i think we've i think you and sam and what you have created in pivot is really unique in that in a world where we have normalized to a lot of narratives fake news false truths when you have you know, physicians who would rather tell people that they have cancer than to tell them that they are obese or mildly obese or overweight. And what we've done in this, the disservice, um, because from so much of that comes then the emotional health, the mental health, the way we manifest ourselves in the world. And so I just am beyond grateful that you had the courage to start Pivot, that you brought this to the world, that you are so consistent in who you are and what you offer and the impact that you have on people who really do open up to be impacted by this and to trust the process is something I am just beyond grateful for. And so for those listeners who are on that, you know, who either are contemplating it, who haven't yet taken the steps or who are in those early steps of um, their own fat loss journey, um, it is, um, it's worth it. And it's worth every single um, impact and to lean in and trust that process. Um, it it pays off in more ways than just what is measured by a number. So keep the good fight. Thanks so much for sharing your story with us, Jody. You're so welcome, Danny. Thank you for being you. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the channel and share with one friend who would benefit from this message. Need help with your nutrition? Find me on Instagram at DannyVRD or visit our website, pivotnutritioncoaching.com. Thanks for listening.